This episode of the Uncrowned Podcast is extremely special to me, and it will and should touch a lot of men's hearts, especially if you're a father or have a mentor or you are a mentor. In this episode, Mike and I go into very big and personal and very deep details over all the intricacies that it entails to call yourself a man. So please let me know what you think. Let me know if you'd like us to elaborate on any of these things. And most importantly, guys, stay uncrowned. <laughs> Fucking told you. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> oh, man. Alright, there you go. I got you. <laughs> the different kind of podcast. Oh. Alright, cool. So we got both, both of us on my head to dim the light. Oh, shit, I spilled my whiskey. Can't take you anywhere. No, you really can't. I'm gonna have to dim this. Just. Joined and so did Mike. Oh, that's me. Don't ask. We got some people joining the podcast. Ah, shit. No, fuck. I feel like I gotta refocus this. We have multiple mics going. Or, I mean, cameras. Yeah. You're Mike. I'm Mike. (laughs) I'm just Mike. Don't prop my feet up on this. That's what it says up there, just Mike. Mine says I hate people. It does. Oh! I have to train and work out with glasses. I have to wear contacts, but I hate them. He fucking hates his glasses. I can't stand it. They're constantly falling <coughs> off, especially after you drip enough sweat. Like, the sweat off my eyebrows fucking get on my glasses and it's fucking irritating. But anyway, this is a live recording of the Uncrowned Podcast where we focus on men's mental health, lifestyle, and a bunch of other bullshit that helps other people live better. And sometimes we may show up a little more tipsy than usual. I feel like tonight's one of those nights. Uh, I'm not too bad right now. Really? I'm kind of feeling yeah. a little bit. But tequila really hasn't kicked in. Oh. Not yet, anyways. Oh. I've only had three drinks. Well, that's because you haven't been drinking as much lately. Good point. I'm a lightweight. Fuck! That means I'm a cheap date now. Someone wants to know, are you seeing a... Which one are you asking? Wait, what? Joe or me? What did I say? Are you seeing anyone? If you don't already know. Uh, the answer is yes and no. So, do with... Or doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway. It doesn't matter. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> no, it's not that I don't want to get in trouble. I'm not going to get in trouble. Exactly. <laughs> so, he is, so, I'm not. Huh? See that? See that? I choose life. That's a uh, engagement ring for those of you. I didn't know men wore those, by the way. Uh, I mean, I bought this one. Well, I didn't know what it meant until you told me. Yeah, well. Regardless, I'm tired of these hoes trying to be like, hey, and I'm like, fuck you. Dude, when does a ring ever stop a hoe? Good point. You're gonna get you're gonna get me in trouble without me being in trouble. <laughs> We gotta edit this part out now. Fucking hey. Alright. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers to the Uncrown Podcast. Alright. We've got Joe, JB Motivation, myself, just Mike. Oh, uh, I know it's been a minute. There's a fly in my leg. Um, but we've been a little busy. I started working more, you started working more, I got engaged. Life has just been a little fucking crazy. I'm trying to get my fiance on this podcast because she is an interesting character when it comes to certain ideas and topics. But she also has a lot of good insight when it comes to the female feminine perspective on things. Which I feel like could also help a lot of other guys out. Correct. Correct. Now. For the topic of this evening. 
Are we, are we going to talk about how to be a man or are we going to talk about fucking? No, we'll go with how to be a man. Oh, fuck. I think that's where to go. Alright. <clears throat> I kind of want to talk about fucking. And you always do. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> I like sex with my woman. I like sexual intercourse with my female. <laughs> I don't know why you feel like that has to be stated. <laughs> because, dude, if you don't say things in the right way, they'll be like, oh, so you just like sex, huh? So just with anybody? And you're like, should, should the podcast be about how women take things the wrong way? I would fucking, we could have a field day on that one. I feel like we've already done that. Really? We have? Yeah, I thought so. Mm. But anyways, I digress. All right. To the topic of today. What is it to be a man? And this, this isn't in just terms of being masculine. It could be in terms of what it means to be a good father. A good friend, a good husband, a good husband. Um, and this is not, this is this is not like a gendered podcast. This is not like what does it mean to be a man? Oh, it means you have a dick and balls. Like no, this is talking about like how you conduct and carry yourself appropriately in your divine masculine energy and also in your household and in your lifestyle. I feel like I feel like in 2023 we have to articulate as such. Yes, although a dick and balls does make you a man. Actually, it's the, no, actually it's the, what, the, the Y chromosome? Your XY, right? But what's a female, is that XX? Or is that YY? I don't know, I can't remember. Oh fuck, I forgot to turn off my notifications. What motivates you as a man daily compared to that of a father? Very good question. What was the question? What motivates you as a man daily compared to that of a father? Ooh. Well, both being fathers, I think it's a little bit more difficult to challenge that. But prior to this, prior to being a parent, for me, it was um, just wanting to be successful. I think I've always had a natural just drive. I've had my own motor that just pushed me to always succeed and my idea of accept, like success was, um, A, doing better than my parents. <laughs> um, and nothing against what my parents did. I just always felt like I could do more than what they did. And I feel like if every child did more than what their parents did, I think, you know, we continue to build on things as, as generations go on. You should. Yes. You should. And uh, for me, it was just, it was really about pushing towards my career and... Um, I was never really relationship focused, even in school, like junior high, high school, I wasn't relationship focused at all. I was more career driven because I knew what I wanted to do and what it would take to pursue it. And, um, you know, I never settled for mediocrity and that goes for all things, whether it was my athletics or my career, I always achieved or now, tried to achieve more. Now, do you feel like that hindered <clears throat> your purpose as a man just because you were so focused on like the materialistic things of this world? No, because I think in, in your adolescent part of life, you know, um, you're not a man. You're a child. You're a kid. You're, 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 you're learning. You're growing. You're trying to figure shit out. But the greatest part of our lives is spent in our careers. If we really think about it, like how long do we really spend time in employment versus time in, in adolescence and retirement? But I mean, but think about it like this, though. That never used to be a thing. It, it never used to be where we were constantly in the corporate world or, you know, obviously, 
your line of work is different being a firefighter, so your line of work is service. In my line, my line of work was also service, but back in the day, it never used to be work for the man, work the nine to five, fucking like your average Joe. So it never used to be like how, how you're describing where most of our lives and majority is spent in work. It, it never used, it, technically, it never was supposed to be like that. You know what I mean? You were supposed to, you were supposed to do your job, right? Your job mean anything that brought sustenance and sustainability to your household, whether that's income, if you're a farmer, it's food, you know, etc. And then from there, you were supposed to bring your kids into that with you, and you were supposed to pass down your knowledge of what you've learned, especially with the trades of blacksmith, carpentry, whatever. You're mm-hmm. supposed to bring your kids into that to keep that ball rolling. It was never, oh, I got to clock in. Oh, I got to collect the paycheck. Oh, I got to, you know, do whatever for the man. It never used to be like that, though. That's, that's not how we're wired. So even though, yes, that's where a majority of us are spending a lot of the time, but I see as that as that's actually one of the biggest problems in our, our relationship status, especially nowadays, because... We're spending so much time at work. Now the women are spending so much time at work. Now the nuclear family and the family unit is suffering because that's the dynamic that is being pushed so hard. When in reality, we were never supposed to be like that. Right. Well, I think this is where my idea of, and, and the question was, you know, compared to that of being a father. Now that I am a father, I'm looking to build... Not just success for myself, but I want to build something for my daughter to have, and I want to build success for myself and her, so that at some point in life, you know, she doesn't have to work as hard. She can spend more time with the family. She can spend more time, you know, being a mother, but being present, than being into her career. But you're also setting a very good example of the man that she's going to pick up later in life. True. That is very true, because a lot of like you know people say this all the time that you know that women tend to marry their their fathers. And same same goes the other way around. That's why I'm always yeah men yeah. marry their mothers. Yeah, which for me I'm fucked. But I'm trying to break those generational curses. Yes, and honestly, I mean, you know, my parents never really left me any kind of thing to grow from or build off of or any kind of legacy. My dad didn't really teach me. You know, he taught me some stuff about cars, but it was never that I was going to get into that trade. Like a lot of people, you know, I've I've got friends that really duplicated their parents' life because they saw like, hey, it was a pretty decent life. Yeah. But for me, I didn't want decent. I wanted more. And I think that's something that's always been instilled in me. And I think that's either a trait you either have or you don't. Because I look at my brother. My brother's a genius. Which one? My, well, the one that's two years younger than me. Was it John? John? No, he's the youngest. Oh, is he? Really? Yes. yes. So my brother... The, he looks older. No, my other brother, uh, Robert. Okay, okay. okay so okay. he has a, a master's degree in bioengineering. Which is really... So for those of you guys <coughs> that don't know, like, especially biochemistry alone is one of the hardest classes that you will ever take in college. So whenever you pair biology with something else, that elevates the level of difficulty and comprehension... Like, times time. But for him, I mean, it was minimal struggle. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so he has his master's degree, 
but he doesn't, it's like all the drive, I would say 90% of it went to me. I feel like Johnny has pretty good amount of drive. It's not to the level that I have, but then my other brother, it's like he has zero. And he just lives at home and he doesn't do much for himself and his girlfriend provides for him. And here he is with this like... Oh, I thought he was married. No. It's just his girlfriend? They don't, they don't believe in marriage. Oh, and now he's that there's some other like financial reasons, like he'd have to pay student loans and other stuff. Okay. But, you know, he has his mind that is just, it's a rare mind. Like, he could really do things and become extremely successful in his field, but he doesn't have that same motivation that I have. And he's content with being the way he is. And he, to me, he's wasting a talent. And that, that point that you make makes a really <clears throat> good point across the board in terms of, you know, going back to the original point of what it means to be a man is you need that purpose, right? You need that driving factor. As, as you were just saying, your brother is content. The moment a man becomes content with the way that he lives, he becomes complacent. And complacency builds ignorance. And ignorance builds laziness. And once you're lazy as a man, you're as good as fucking dead. Because you lack the amount of purpose that you hold in life. And a man without purpose is a dead man. Life will continue. Think about it like a treadmill. Life is the treadmill. And you're a ball. If that ball does not have the motor to drive forward and either stay with the path of the treadmill or outpace the treadmill for those who are successful, mm -hmm. if you are a stagnant billiards ball that you, you know, the billiards that you play at, at pubs or bars. I've seen those videos that you're watching the ball just keep going. Mm -hmm. but, eventually, but eventually one falls off. Yep. One always falls off. And a man without purpose, a man without drive, a man without reason. You know, the Bible says idle hands are the devil's work. A man who isn't busy being productive or doing something is the devil's work, meaning you will eventually get into trouble or you'll get into laziness, gluttony, adultery, addiction, something, if you're not driving towards something. And honestly, I, I almost firmly believe that that is the reason why my fiancé was placed in my life. Because I had never felt such fulfillment in the place of you know, fulfilling a father role and a husband role than when I got with her. Because all of a sudden, experiencing that dynamic and being able to possibly make, like, do something for sons in which my dad never did for me, mm -hmm. dude, that put such a swift fucking kick of reality <clears throat> in my behind in the terms of, no, this is why I work 15 hours a day. This is why... Getting to take the kids to the water park. This is why I do what I do. This is why I'm trying to pay off my debts, strive for more, whatever. Because just the joy in those kids' faces and doing the most simplest of things and, you know, seeing my future wife, her stress levels go down. I have never felt so fulfilled as a man, but also working harder than I have in years. Like, I mean, I'm sure you have to see it too. Like, I've been getting clean off my addiction. I've been drinking a lot less. I work, gym, home. Trying to figure out other avenues, ways of making money. Yeah, you've definitely been a lot more focused on the bigger picture. And I think that's one thing that the younger males don't have is the bigger picture. When you're 21, 23, you're very focused on 
yeah, let me get my education. Let me go to college. Let me learn my trade, whatever it is. And let's go out and party on the weekends or get, get fucked up. But when it comes to, you know, when, when is it like you really become a man? Well, you have to start focusing on your career and the bigger picture. And it's not just like your career, but it's also one day you're going to be a husband. One day you're going to be a father. One day you're going to be a grandfather. One day you are going to be taking re responsibility for little ones and their lives and their health and, and their well-being and their activities. And are you going to be able to give them everything that they need to be successful in their life? And to me, that's where you have to start maturing earlier on in life to start building that success so that as you get into your later 20s, and early 30s, and you start having kids and getting married, you are ready. So, <clears throat> kind of branching off of that, I know we've heard a woman's greatest gift and purpose is to be able to bring bring life into the world, right? That is the beauty of being a woman, is to be able to create and then give life. Be able to take energy and magnify it into something wonderful and beautiful. That, To me, that's what it means to be a woman. Now, in that same term, the reason why men and women are supposed to complement each other so much is because then the role of the man steps in and he is supposed to take that life and be able to make sure that it is sustainable and can almost like bear, what's the word, brace, brace the storm? What's, what's the term I'm thinking of? Um, weather the storm. Weather the storm, yes. Be able to take that and brace it to be able to weather the storm. And that's the way that I'm looking at the situation that I'm in right now. See, she has already having the gift of bringing life into the world. And this is why I'm coming to learn that I don't like the stigma of, oh, stay away from single moms. They're toxic or, you know, they're just a burden. They carry extra shit. No. The way I've actually been thinking about this a lot lately is that the greatest gift and ability and purpose that a man can possibly have is taking in that whatever it may be, whether you're a father, a tutor, a mentor, a teacher, a coach, whatever, is to be able to take in a, a younger generation and be able to mentor and teach it to be able to have a good upbringing later on. You're basically, you are the leader and the guide for the next generation. So regardless of you're the biological father or the coach or the stepdad or whatever it may be, for these younger generations, stop viewing it as, oh, that ain't my kid, that ain't my problem. I've been there. Mm -hmm. I, you too, with your dad stepping out and my mom stepping out. We're the product of parents not doing what they were supposed to do or whether or doing what they shouldn't have done. People don't realize there is such an importance of outside influence, even outside your biological parents of, no, that is the next generation. I find it to be a great privilege to be able to show and teach and mentor, you know, people that are younger than me in the next generation to <clears throat> help be better men than, than are represented in this generation. And it, I get it. It is just a small little ripple in the grand scheme of things. But guess what? She has three boys. I have one. That is four capable men that I'm able to coach and mentor personally to be able to grow and be the best men that I think about, like actual fucking men. 
that just as we've talked about so far, take care of their business, have a purpose, have a drive, be able to be a good example and a good leader, to be able to go out and spread their knowledge that I've given them through their own experiences throughout the world. But then guess what? Just off my platform alone, I've influenced, what, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of men all over the world? Mm -hmm. And that's just me. Imagine if they go and do the same thing. Brother, now we're reaching tens of millions of men that we're able to help and influence just off of one person or just off of one couple. That's what you guys don't seem to realize is, gentlemen, your dynamic as the man of the household has such a greater influence than you ever will ever realize. Whether it is your own offspring or someone else's. You have the capability of mentoring and have people look up to you that in reality has a butterfly effect that will be able to last generations longer than you. And to me, that is the best purpose a man could ever have is to have someone be like, hey, have you ever heard of so-and-so? No, why? Oh, let me tell you about him. Yeah. Here's what, here's what he did. Because we talk about Aristotle, we talk about Marcus Aurelius, we talk about all the great philosophers back in the day. Why? Because they've passed down a wisdom far greater than our own. Mm -hmm. They passed down knowledge. Gentlemen, your ability to experience life and hardship and struggle and be able to pass down that knowledge, whether it's your own offspring or another, that is the greatest purpose and gift you could ever have is to experience that struggle and pass down what you've learned to another generation. And if you have experienced enough and learned enough and passed down enough, that is why we are still learning from people that are two, three, four thousand years old. Because that's what they did before us. That is the greatest purpose and, I guess, initiative a man could ever have. Is for your son to be like, oh, you, you, you've never heard of my dad? Let me show you what he taught me. Yeah. I mean, even oh now. Oh, my God. Even now, the things that maybe you witnessed through me. Because you've told me before, you're like, I admire the way that you are as a person, as a man, as a father, you know, and you you respect that and you, in some ways, want to emulate that. I, I told you the other day. <clears throat> yeah. And, and where did that come from? That came from my stepfather. I'm not his blood. But you know what? At five or six years old when I met him, you know, obviously five, I think my mom got married when I was six, you know... That's when he took over that father role. All of a sudden, he had two boys, you know, that were not his. Mm -hmm. And eventually, yes, he had his own offspring, my, my younger brother. And he, uh, he got, you know, three, three beautiful sons that call him dad and respect him. And he taught me a lot of lessons and a lot of things that I not only carry for myself, but I'm able to pass along either through a platform such as this or you know, to you, which then you can pass on. So my dad teaching me things is allowing me to teach you things, which is going to allow you to teach. And this is the butterfly effect mm -hmm. or domino effect, however you want to refer to it as. Yeah. That is going to take place. And he may not know it, but the wisdom that he has instilled in me will carry on and spread, you know, through for many generations, I hope. Don't, no, absolutely. <clears throat> and, I've, and I've met your dad. Yep. And dude, for the longest time, I didn't even know he was your stepdad until you had told me. Because he acts like your father. Yeah, because he is. My yeah. biological father was not really present. 
Same thing with my stepmom. My biological mom, I don't, the way that she's trying now is a little ass backwards. <laughs> but my stepmom, that has always been my mom. Right? That has been my mom for, since I was two years old. And we had a really hard, you know, upbringing as I was trying to figure out my own self and, you know, my dad was trying to go to work and stuff like that. But now that I'm older and stuff, I appreciate all the stuff that she did for me. But in turn, I'm recognizing all the things that people didn't do for me. Right. And this isn't going to be a diss of my father, but we got in an argument the other day. And I'm only bringing this up as a, a learning experience and example for those who have similar experiences. This is not a diss of my dad. I just want to make that very clear in case he somehow listens to this, or I know a lot of people I know listen to this. It's not a diss on him. But we got in an argument the other day about what it means to be a man. And his idea was a man is supposed to be a provider and a worker. That is only a small smidgen of what it means to be a man. Because that's what you should already be doing for yourself. The only thing is, though, we worked in such excess and provided such excess that we were able to take care of ourselves and others. And I always make it very clear to him. You were always a great provider. You made sure I never went without, at least when I was with him. I will never knock him on that. But if the buck stops there, that explains why I have a lot of other mental issues that I have. Yeah. <laughs> that I have. There's, there's, and you and I talked about this after the fact, there's a lot more to being a father than just the financial aspect. Mm -hmm. Yes, being a provider is important. But being there for your son, your daughter, being present for the games or competitions or whatever it is, being there for them emotionally when they have a breakup in a relationship, there's a lot more on an emotional level that kids need from a parent. And there's a lot of studies that show the importance of a father figure in the home mm -hmm. and the success and behavior of those kids is drastically changed when a father figure is removed from the home. Oh yeah, 100%, absolutely. But yeah, it's it's really important that it's not just a financial part of it. You know, it's the you leadership, have, it's the mentorship, yes. it's it's yeah. playing ball. <clears throat> yeah, something about that masculine figure in a home, whether it's a straight relationship or a, a gay relationship, whatever it is, there still needs to be a masculine figure in the home, someone who's going to be that disciplinarian, someone who's going to say. You know, how many times have we heard, wait till your father gets home. Watch or, the tone of the kids change. Or, hey, don't make me call your father. Right? There's a reason for that. There's a reason that the, the children have a different respect for the masculine energy within that home. And it's because they are the disciplinary. They're looked to as the leader of the family. And I think that is an important thing for all families, whether, like mm -hmm. I said, straight, gay, it doesn't matter what it is. No, but you the need dynamic. the dynamic. Yeah. It doesn't matter where it's coming from, you still need that dynamic. You're going to make me fucking emotional fucking... <laughs> I'm not going to lie, you're going to make me emotional fucking talking about this. <laughs> yeah. So we got a question out here, and I think I'll take this one. It says, why is it difficult for me as a man to ask for help, even when it's a dire situation? Is it my pride? I don't know how to reach out to anyone without feeling weak or cowardly. I think by not weaking out, bro, and this is uh, from Alex, I think by not we like reaching out to someone that you trust or you, you can confide in, um, I think that's being weak. And that's just my opinion. You can do what you want with that. 
But um, yeah, that is definitely your pride. That's your ego. And a lot of us, I have it, Joe's got it. We all have this ego that tries to protect us from either being ashamed or embarrassed or wrong, um, whatever the situation may be. What I've, what I've noticed too is, at least in my experience, so correct me if I'm wrong here, but that is something from your childhood. Like, I've only seen my dad cry twice ever in my entire childhood that I can, I can remember. One was when my grandma died, so his mom and my grandma, and she was, she was the bread and butter. She was the glue of the family. Completely understandable. That woman was a freaking angel. I still miss her. I don't think our family <clears throat> would ever be the same. No, it, correction. They will never be the same without her there. And two, when I, when I told my dad that I had gotten a girl pregnant. Other than that, I had never seen my dad show any sort of, any emotion or any sort of struggle or any sort of hardship that he was able to overcome. It was Stonewall. Yeah, my dad wasn't really an emotional person either. Very rarely it was a loss of a family member when I saw him cry. But not very often. You know, we're not taught to... Even still, to this day, we're not taught as men to be in touch with our feminine energy. Which, and sorry, sorry for the interjection, no. but gentlemen, <clears throat> in order to be a true man in your divine masculine energy, just like yin and yang, you need a little bit of femininity to flow within you. That allows us to be fucking human. That touch of emotion, that, that reality of like, I have feelings. Yes, that is the feminine energy, but that reminds us that we're fucking human. And the recognition of that makes you more of a man than be like, no. <clears throat> feelings, what are those? Yeah, I think for me it was when I had my daughter. That's where it allowed me to find the feminine energy within myself because I had to be different. You know, I always thought if I had a son, like, you know, be tough on him, be stern, be, be firm. And it's different when you have a daughter. You have to change your dynamic and how you're going to do that because they are more sensitive. <laughs> they're, they're a lot more sensitive. And, you know, you they, the yeah, yeah, you and the seven-year-old arguing is hilarious. So we've got a few questions to come back to. But, um, but yeah, having my daughter allowed me to experience that more uh, of the feminine side of myself because I, I do think that I carry a more masculine energy mm -hmm. and a more um, dominant, a dominant presence. I e definitely do. Even even <clears throat> even with Rebecca's daughter, who isn't even my own, out of the three boys, I I feel myself being a little more stern. But the moment Ava, Rebecca's daughter, wants something, I'm like, all right, let's go. <laughs> like, yeah, dude, like. It's not even my daughter, but she is, I am wrapped around her fucking finger. <laughs> yeah, the way that they reach you is different. They make you feel softer. They make you feel a little more gentle, a little more tender, which women find very attractive. It's kind of a perk. But, uh, you know, at the same time, it also allows you to realize that not everything is this fight or flight. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes our masculine energy feels that way where everything is a fight, everything's a struggle, but it's not. Embrace the moments, you know, allow yourself to actually feel these things and enjoy them. 
a way that a mom enjoys raising kids or giving birth, or maybe not the actual process of giving birth, but no, I, but, I know that can be painful, but... No, but after the feds are like, <coughs> I want another one. Yeah, no. Maybe in a couple weeks or a couple months, but... A couple months. <laughs> let, yeah. them be, let them heal. Let them heal, yeah, yeah. Let me get a few in. Um, and there's some that, don't get me wrong, they don't like being pregnant and... No, it's a miserable, from what I've seen, because my baby mama and my mother were pregnant at the f same fucking time. Oh, that's weird. No, it's awful. There was no escape. I was still a senior in high school, dude, and my <laughs> mother and the, the mother of my son were pregnant at the same time. There was no escape. I couldn't go home, but I had to deal with a pregnant mom. I couldn't go to the girlfriend's house because she was pregnant too. I was fucked. It was such a miserable time in my life. But, God, this is what irritates <laughs> me that, I'm not going to lie, this is one of the things that irritates me, that they are stripping women away from their womanhood or their femininity by just tossing that term around. What women go through and experience just to be able to bring life into this world is such a beautiful and hard thing to fucking do. That after you witness it, you have a, a, dude, just such a different level of respect for them. And then for them to turn around and be like, I want to do it again. Sorry, what? You went through nine months of just fucking bullshit just to want to turn around and do it again? Yeah. Let's fuck Cheers you up. to them. Yeah. Uh, Wesley, bro's feeling the alcohol right now. Maybe the nose beers. No, there's no nose beers. Uh, alcohol, maybe. You see, nose, nose, nose beers. Nose beers? Yeah. Oh, like blow? Yeah. Oh no. No, he's he's been good with that. Um, someone called alive. Are they a couple? No, we're not a couple. Uh, we're just really good friends, and uh, I think we make good content. Anyways, uh, what books do you recommend for me to read? Need to get my shit together. Um, how do win? F I'll take this one because you don't read. Yeah, that's dirty money. Dirty money will help you out here. How do win friends <laughs> and influence people? Um, by Dale Carnegie, or no, yeah, Dale Carnegie, um, Sovereignty by Ryan Mickler, You Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins, Make Your Bed by Admiral What's-His-Face, um, and 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson. That is a fantastic start. If you read just those four books, right, did I say four or did I say five? I think he said four, but he wants to stop self-sabotaging himself. 12 Rules for Life. All right, start there. 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson, and then his, his second book to that, 12 More Rules for Life. Harley Davidson Girl got the number one gifter badge. We appreciate that. Thank you. Um, and Austin Baird, what can I do to do better... I'm doing okay, but my self-esteem and everything is low. Go to the gym. Yeah, I think going to the gym and honestly, self-esteem comes from how you feel as a person. You know, whether it's your clothing, maybe you feel sloppy, maybe change your attire. Uh, also, it depends. What's your age? Do you have low testosterone? <laughs> get a haircut. Get a fresh haircut. I feel confident as fuck after a fresh hair, hair and beard trim. I love a good haircut. When after I, I feel great after a haircut. I'm like, everything's lined up. You feel like the shit. Yeah. You want to go fuck like, something. You feel on top of the world. But I think a lot of that comes from, you know, your physical appearance. Self-esteem, I believe, is truly from your physical appearance. How do you feel as a person? 
like he's saying, are you getting, one, are you getting enough rest? Are you treating your body well? You know, if you're eating like shit, you're going to feel like shit. If you're drinking like shit, you're going to feel like shit, right? A glass of bourbon a day is not going to hurt you. We're drinking good bourbon, though. We're drinking good bourbon. So, um, you know, it's okay to have some alcohol, but in moderation. You know, don't do it every single day, you know, multiple times a day. You're not going to feel well. Um, how's your diet? You know, change your appearance. Update your wardrobe. Get to the modern times. That's you know? what I need to do. I grew out of all my... I mean, look at these shorts. There's barely even shorts. He's missing half of his fucking shorts right here. Don't knock on my Daisy Dukes. They, bro, these used to be jeans, I think. And no. I think over time, they've become shorts and rolled up and torn apart. And Well, no. They, originally, they weren't that torn in this stuff. I just kept getting bigger. <laughs> you know, the problem is I don't, I don't buy new clothes anymore <laughs> like I used to. <laughs> no. But, uh, yeah, definitely take care of yourself. Go to the gym. That definitely will help. Uh, losing weight and looking at yourself. And I always recommend... This is just for my own benefit, and you, maybe it works for you. But taking before pictures, take a before picture, and then as you're working out, take another picture and compare the two. It's hard to tell the difference on a scale. You can use a scale, and you'd be like, yeah, if you're really heavy, you might notice you're losing like 10, 15, 20 pounds. But if you're not heavy and you're more of a medium build, you may only notice two or three pounds, four pounds come off the scale. But you will see a physical difference in how much fat that you have, and you may have gained some muscle, so the weight change might not be there, but your physical appearance might have changed. And I think that's why pictures are a really good thing to have. So, and that can boost your self-esteem. Yeah, that, I'm not gonna lie, that's all you. I have body dysmorphia, right, from years of bodybuilding powerlifting, so I notice every little imperfection and everything. So a lot of my, a lot of my progress is shit, Excuse me, I actually judge on the scale. But that's because I'll always see myself smaller than what I actually am. Yeah, but you're a relatively lean guy. So for you to see changes, it's, it's really hard. Because your body fat percentage is lower. So for you, you need to see weight gain to show muscle growth. Yeah. Whereas someone who is not as fit needs to see weight loss. And the problem is with that is if they, see weight, they don't see the weight loss, they're going to be discouraged. Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying, because I, I ran into a couple people today. I ran into one of my followers today, and he was like, dude, every time I see you in this gym, you look bigger. And in my head, I'm like... His eyes are fucked up. I'm like, because in my head, fucked up. <laughs> Don't do that to me. <laughs> this, is how, this, is how you get, this is how you get motivated. You, tell, you, you wake up, you wake up in the morning, he's like, I feel big. And be like, bro, I, did you lose weight? Dude, fuck you. Did Fiona say something this morning? She said so. No, like, I prompted her. She's like, Joe, you look smaller. I'm like... She did that last week to you, though. Oh, my gosh. D these kids have no filters. I meet him up for breakfast one day, and his daughter is seven. You can't argue with a seven-year-old. She's funny. the reason why I got hair loss medication. But I sat down to meet her for breakfast without even saying hello, without even missing a beat. <laughs> this child looks at me, d doesn't up and down, just goes... You look smaller. Fuck you! <laughs> but I can't say that. All I, did, all I, what did, I don't even know what the fuck I said. You were like, wow, Fiona. Yeah, I was like, oh, thanks. <coughs> Ouch. <laughs> There's seven. You can't, you can't swear to them. You can't be like, dude, what the fuck? No, there's no swearing at the kids. 
No. And and I don't know if she meant like you're looking leaner or well, she it, and she doesn't she doesn't know how to articulate that. Well, what what it came down to was because I got a haircut and shaved my beard. Yes. So it, I looked slimmer in the face. You did. But it came off as Joe, you look smaller. Which as a bodybuilder with body dysmorphia, you're like, fuck. <laughs> oh man. Alright, what is your what is your take on pre-workout while you're losing weight? Do you think it's good or bad? Doesn't matter whether or not you're losing weight or gaining weight. Look at the clinical ingredients and look at what you're trying to do. Also remember that some ingredients like your heavy HCL is very dose dependent, especially when you pair it with caffeine, it can cause heart palpitations. It should be extremely careful, know what you're taking, know everything that you're taking, along with the clinical dose and the proper dosing of what you're taking, and then you'll be able to find out what the fuck you're actually taking and be able to figure out what works for you and the goals that you're geared towards. So I think what he's saying is yes, it's fine. <laughs> anyway. I think I think pre-workout's good just because it helps when you have low energy levels right. to get you going. We're, we're, we're getting off track here. I, I know. I was just trying to help out the, the, I know. the live followers here. But, so, circling back to everything, right, after everything we've already talked about, there was that documentary of the Daily Wire put it out. What What is a woman? Right? So, right. So if we're to do the exact same thing, what is a man? I think a man is someone who is a leader in their job. A person who's willing to stand up for what's right. And that could be in a bar setting. That could be in a work setting. That could be in a family setting. I think someone who um, shows accountability for their for their themselves and their actions, and I mean, fuck, I don't know, dude. I can go on. I, I feel like there's a lot of traits that. So I'm, I'm gonna. Me, man. I'm, I'm gonna pick apart your answer just a little bit. Okay, and then I'll pick that apart. Oh, we'll sure, go. we'll try. Okay, here we go. I love a good challenge. Notice one of the first things you said. What was the first thing that you had said? I already forgot. You had said being a leader in your job. Mm -hmm. See, me being a life coach, mental mental health coach, and never I analyze all of that. Okay. The fact that that was the first thing that you said, you said in your job, or you said. Something in your job and then with family. Why did you name family last? Because to me, being a man is you're a leader in your household first, not your job. Hmm. That's a good question. Because there's a re subconsciously, there's a reason why you named two other things first and then you put your family. Hmm. I think. Probably because my career has been around a lot longer than my family has. And I've pushed towards my career since probably high school. I didn't push for a family in high school. Okay, but is, a, is a, the whole orientation of a man is the reason why we're here to have a good career? No. Or a good job? No. Then why are we here? 
Why are we here? Oh, dude, that's a fucking million dollar question. No, but why are we here is the same thing as what does it mean to be a man? What we are is why we are here. So if you're saying what we are, it correlates to a job. Are we going spiritual or biology? Because we're going... That's the same thing. Mm, see, I think biology... We, we're both, here we just, both believe in creation, no? Yes, but it, biologically, we're not supposed to be with one person. Biologically, we're meant to procreate. And there's a reason men are able to procreate for their entire lifetime. Correct, but what do we do throughout the entire lifetime? We're not supposed to be monogamous if you want to go biology. No, but... Now, if you want to go spiritually, then we can... But we're, we're, we're going to spin this off into a whole different but, subject. But, but listen to me. While we are procreating, right? While we are creating this quote-unquote family tree, this tree of life, what are we doing? This creating this tree of life. Because if we're going biology <clears throat> way back then, there was no corporate. There was no, no, there was no fire station. There was no Marine Corps. No, there was hunting, gathering. Bingo. Yes. There was no job. Bingo. Alright, so eliminate that. When you say the one of the main parts about being a man is being a leader in your job, well, back then if there was no job, men existed before the job, so you can't say our purpose is for the job, can you? Right, but we're not in that in that generation. But you wanted to, but you wanted to in, talk about biology. We're in this generation. But you wanted to talk about biology, so let's go to the fucking roots. Let's go to the fucking... Nuts and berries. What is it like to have our fucking nuts? Why do we have our fucking nuts? What makes us have our fucking nuts? Wow. We're supposed to procreate and make as many of our genetic makeup as possible. Okay. How do we sustain that? Because if we fuck all, a lot. No. 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 Because <laughs> there's enough fucking airheads. And we saw that. We continue to see that. Not anyone is just allowed to procreate. Right? There's the reason why Darwinism exists. Survival of the fittest. The dumb shits fall to the wayside because they're not smart enough. Right. And Darwin would have killed them off. Gotcha. Well, that's basically God saying, no, you're not allowed to procreate <laughs> yeah, anymore. You're, you're an idiot and you, you don't get to survive. I get it. Right. So obviously our purpose cannot simply just to be procreate. There's something a little bit more than that. Well, no. That's not true at all. It's oh, just, so. if, if we're still able to procreate, it just means that we have the stronger genetics. Not necessarily. <clears throat> so, here, here's where I'm trying to get at, because you're not picking up what I'm putting down. Clearly. Part of our purpose, and the bare fucking roots part of it, yes, is to procreate. But if we cannot sustain our procreation to also procreate, we fail. So where, what I was getting at is where you are saying be a leader as a job. That was the first thing out of your mouth. Yes, our first response is to procreate. Help bring life into the world. But it's the mother's job to make sure that that life, okay, is alive. Right. First of all, we take over to make sure that our procreation is able to procreate. Right. Otherwise, if we procreate to a bunch of disabled dumb fucks and our bloodline and our heritage and our genetics and right then and there there's no fucking point we can fucking make babies all day long but as, if they're goddamn incest babies they're gonna fucking die off left right and center 
Okay, but how do you, back in the day, right. how did they provide? They, they worked. They hunted, they gathered, they, they were the ones that went out and got the food, right? Correct. Okay, how do we provide today? Through successful careers, right? So what is wrong not, with being a leader? So not, not necessarily, not necessarily. When you say career, a career is working for someone else. What we do is, yes, we quote unquote hunt and gather and whatever, but how that translates is, no, no, no. We pass down knowledge, morals, and characteristics. I would agree with that. Because my dad, this is a hypothetical, I'm not talking about my actual dad because I know people are specific like that. My dad could have been a fucking junkie, but he could have been a hard worker. Cool. I would have adapted to the hard worker, but that's all I would have adapted. I would have neglected my children, and we already have talked about this, this is what happens to children that are neglected by their fathers. Correct. So in turn, yes, we need to provide and work for our kids. But part of that, working and providing, is passing down the knowledge of that. So it's not just being a leader in your job. Correct. It's not. And I said, and I told you, there's a lot more to what I was saying. Mm-hmm. Well, but we wanted to go bare fucking bone. Bare fucking bones. So you're telling me three characteristics that make you a man. Protect, provide, preside. And before anyone says anything, that verbiage comes from the Order of Man podcast with Ryan Mickler. I feel like he worded that very, very perfectly. Protect, you make sure no one fucking comes and kills your family. Provide, you work your ass off, you make sure everyone is fed and taken care of. Preside, meaning you are present as a leader and a mentor figure in your household to help guide them to either follow what you did or seek someone that followed what you did or what you do. Protect, provide, preside. Thank you about that. That to me is worded perfectly. And I, and I say that not meaning to copyright, oh, he's saying that from that. No, there, in my opinion, there's no better way to fucking word that. Well, I think that's pretty good. Right? It is pretty good. It, you do it, you went down to three simple words. Exactly. I, I have so many, like, ideas of, like, what it takes to be a man, and I think my idea is a little bit more broad, but you went down to the bare bones and narrowed down to three fucking words, and that's pretty fucking good. I'm impressed. But, I mean, I also will give credit where credit is due. You didn't come up with that by yourself. No. Exactly. You, you know what I mean? <clears throat> but I mean, this ideology has been around for so long, there's no way in fucking hell, all of a sudden, 2023, it took 5,000 whatever years according to the biblical age of the earth. <laughs> right. Because the earth is flat, by the way. That we would have been able to come up with all of a sudden, oh, took us this long to figure out what it means to be a man. No, these are ideologies that have been around for generations. The thing is, though, we overcomplicate things so much because, especially with the day and age that we live in, jobs, social media, relationship, now there's the talking stage, exclusive, now we're dating, now we're engaged, question mark, now we're officially engaged. 
Now it's Facebook official. Then we're married. Oh no, now we're legally married. Like, there's so many extra steps and stages to everything nowadays that we almost psych ourselves out and it's paralysis by analysis. Because we have so many things that we're consuming, we don't know how to make sense of it all. But in reality, if we go down to the bare fucking basics, what does it fucking mean to be a man? We protect what is our own. We make sure that it's okay. And then we also make sure that if we're not there, it can keep going and growing. That's it. I like it. Right, so protect. You make sure your daughter's okay. Anything that fucks with her, you fucking kill her. You end it. It no longer ceases to exist in this fucking timeline. You provide. You make sure she has a home to live in. She has pancakes and fucking onion ring, funions to eat. She loves her funions. I dude, that's been her <laughs> kick lately. <laughs> right? You make sure that she has subsidence to you know, grow. And then you preside. You make sure that you are setting such a good example of, hey, this is how you take care of yourself and sustain yourself in life. So that way she sees, okay, this is what my dad did to make sure that I'm okay and have a long-lasting, successful life. Now I'm going to seek out a man similar to my, to my father so that I can continue to have a long-lasting, successful life. But any offspring that I bear into this world will have the exact same result. Done. Easy as fucking that. It gets complicated by the new world shit. But it's because we overcomplicate things and we let feelings get involved and we let, like, it's really that, that's all I can think about is feelings. We let feelings get involved. We do. Feelings. Who needs those? I mean, technically we do. Yeah, I know we do. But the difference is, that's though. That's the feminine side. Well, and that's the difference, though. And I, I talked to my woman about this the other day because, actually, no, that is private information. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna keep that under wraps. I'm not gonna make that public. No. But what I will say is that when it comes to feelings in men, we don't necessarily get a break when it comes to that, right? If we're having an off day, we're feeling, you know, skewed. See, a, a woman can feel skewed and still have a millionaire pay for all her fucking bills. Mm-hmm. How common is that for a man? We can have the fucking nicest rooster, because I'm trying not to get censored here. We can have the nicest rooster in the world. How common is it for a woman to be like, oh, don't, don't worry, relax, take a break. I got you, honey. Not very common. Exactly my point. Regardless of how we feel, if we're married or have a partner, and we're the primary provider, or we're the ones who are expected to hold it down, we have to still go through the shit either way. Regardless of whether how they're feeling or how we're feeling, well, that's what Rent's doing first. If I take three, four mental health days for myself and someone in the service industry or someone who's capable of overtime, that could be almost $1,000. We're just, I'm not feeling like it. Yeah. $1,000. Can't do that. That could be a whole month's food for a full family of, what, four, five, six? $1,000. I'm not feeling like it. No way in fucking hell would I ever be like, I'm not feeling like it. 
And because I'm not feeling like it, now now my fiance or one of her kids doesn't get to eat? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, you don't get to... I'd fucking die first and do that shit. Yeah, you don't get to take that break. Oh my god, if, <clears throat> if heaven forbid... I'm gonna get emotional fucking talking about this. Jesus, fuck. Heaven forbid... If, if Rebecca ever fucking looked at me and said, Hey, Ava, which is her daughter, mm-hmm. be like, you didn't go to work today. So that means Ava now misses lunch and dinner or something. Dude, that would fucking kill me. Yeah. Heaven forbid if I didn't fucking work that day and she goes, oh, two of the kids didn't get to eat today because you didn't make that extra 50 bucks. Or you didn't do whatever. And those kids then get to fucking eat? No way I'd be able to fucking look at myself in the mirror and call myself a fucking man. Because my family's not being taken care of. That's why we don't get breaks. But... That's the thing. We do get breaks. What do we do tonight? We went out for Taco Tuesday. For once, it was both our days off. We went out for Taco Tuesday. That's our mental fucking break. That's why I'm so critical about guys being surrounded by good quality men. But look how long it took. Look how long it takes you to get that break. Look how much stress and pressure and everything else that comes with that before you get that break. What, it took about four months for us to have two days? Yeah. So you get two days every four months. But in the meantime, what are you doing? You're dealing with that stress. You're dealing with that frustration. Mm-hmm. You're dealing with that anger, sadness, whatever emotion you're feeling. You have to deal with that until you get that break. But that's why it's also crucial in that same sense that guys actually pick out a good partner that could be the rest. Because when <laughs> we're working, we're providing, we're bending over backwards trying to make shit happen in life. And then we come home to a woman who is confrontational, argumentative. That will put a man in its grave. That's what y'all don't realize. A man would move fucking mountains for y'all. If he's able to do whatever he needs to do out in the world and he can come home and he can breathe. Right now to have a woman that, well, why don't you do this? Or why don't you do this? Or you know what? I have a headache tonight. I'm not feeling like it. Or, by the way, so-and-so needs to get taken care of. You need to go and do this. Oh, I need to go and do that. Oh, now you're telling me what I need to do. Okay. Got it. That's not your peace. A woman should be your peace. And right now, this woman is my peace and then some. And that's the way it should be. And I remember, if you guys have been listening to the podcast long enough, you know what happened beforehand. But the mental difference is such a switch. I will move in fucking mountains for this woman. Because she gives me such a breath of fresh air. And she, she allows me the space to do what I need to do. She allows me the space to lead. Mm-hmm. Or provide. Or do what I need to do. But if I say something, I'll explain why I'm saying it or why I'm doing it. And she's like, okay, understood. Do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Makes my life a million times easier instead of being like, "Why? I don't want to do that." Yeah, questioning every decision you make. Which at that point, it puts men in a position of being like, "You know what? Go do whatever. Go do whatever the fuck you want to do. I still have work to do. I still have my bills to pay. I don't got time to fucking worry about you." Mm-hmm. 
And looking back at it, I don't know why the fuck I ever fucking put up with that. I try to get you out of it sooner. Well, I also have a lot of mental shit going on too. Well, I try to get you out of a couple of them a lot sooner. Yeah, well. You don't listen. I also wasn't the most sober. No. And you don't listen. You're stubborn. It's a blessing and a curse. Because mm-hmm. if I wasn't so stubborn, I probably would have committed suicide a long time ago. A podcast for another day. Yeah. Actually, that, that would be a really deep podcast. Yeah, well, you, you would get emotional. I probably would cry, I'm not going to lie. Well, I think we kind of summed up what we needed to hit today. All of that, I'm, I'm pretty hopeful that you guys would be able to get an idea of, like, being a man is not fucking easy. But if you are allowed the space to actually do what you need to do and take care of things like a man. And I'm not saying that as like sack up, man up, and just whatever. But be able to actually feel, live, and experience the joy and hardship. Because struggle is what maketh a man. It makes you a better man. Because you struggle first and experience the joy of your hardships. Right? You work 60 hours a week and then you see your kids' ecstatic face when you take them to the fucking pool. Or you make them a nice dinner or you take your woman out. That to me is what sums out to what it means to be a fucking man. You fucking bust your ass and kill yourself. And then you see the fruits of your labor make other people's lives so much better, which brings you joy and be like, okay, okay, it, it was worth it. Mm-hmm. And then you see your offspring or kids that you hope to be your offspring or your mentor, your mentoring, go and do great influential things in the world and you just go, okay, I guess it was worth it. Yep. And that, that's the that's the pride of being a parent, and and even further so a grandparent. But not even just parenting, because <clears throat> you can have that same feeling being a coach, mm-hmm. being a mentor, being a stepdad, you know, being a teacher, and because I'm only speaking about my own personal experience with the shit that I dealt with growing up, and I had people step in on behalf of what should have been. Mm-hmm. And then have me grow and become more. And I, don't know, I guess that's just a really touchy subject for me. It's just because I've had people. Even like. Just like my old coach OD from high school or. You know, my old religious counselor, Pierre, you know, just watched me go through so much, but then at the very end of it, finally come out somewhat okay. And just knowing that you had a piece of that, you had a part of that, mm-hmm. makes, I guess, the, the world of fucking difference. And just in the men that I teach or I coach or I influence on, you know, either real life or just my platform, knowing that even though I'm not a direct result of their beginning or end, but I had some part of making their life just a little bit maybe more tolerable or be able to pass down a certain lesson 
That to me, I think, in my opinion, is the greatest purpose of being a man. To be able to go through something and struggle with something enough to have learned from it and overcome it, then take that lesson that you've learned and pass it down. I, I was going to say to a younger generation, but it doesn't even have to be younger. It could just be someone that hasn't experienced it before. Just to be able to pass that knowledge up to make someone else's life a little bit better. Because you don't necessarily always have to provide in a financial, materialistic way, but knowledge can be bought. Wisdom has to be earned. Mm -hmm. I can buy knowledge all day long. It's called books. Mm -hmm. But wisdom is through experience. And that is something that either has to be experienced or passed. I was going to say passed down, but knowledge is also passed down. Wisdom you have to experience. You acquire the knowledge and experience it, and then you gain wisdom. That's what I guess I'm meaning to say. I feel like you're probably popping right now. <laughs> Fucking asshole. <laughs> I mean, I I've shown you a lot. I feel like the things that you've been through and being able to be there for you and help you through those things has been rewarding. And also fucking stressful at times. I know. <laughs> but I'm sorry. Uh, yes. Bro, it's, it's part of it. And, and, you know, you're going to have those things in friendships, in relationships, in being a parent. You're going to have stresses. You're going to have struggles. But at the end of the day, you know, the results that you're going to get from those make it all worth it. And you've seen me change a lot in just less than a year. Like, yeah. Like I moved it's in, been a roller coaster ride, I'm not going to lie. I, I moved in with you at a very, very rough time in my life. Not the worst time, but certainly wasn't good at all. No. And I helped create some level of stability for you. Oh, 100% compared to my last living situation? Yes. Absolutely. It created a, lo a level of stability, and I think it created the ability for you to feel at peace and balanced enough to start working on yourself. And also, and, the, uh, and also the aspect and <coughs> idea of like, oh, this is what a normal family is. Yeah, I did show you some of that stuff, which you thought was fucking weird. Dude, it fucking blew my mind. Yeah, you're like, what like, is dude, this holiday stuff where you guys all get together? Last Christmas blew my fucking mind. Yeah. And they welcomed you. Which was even more fucking <laughs> crazy to me. You're like, what you mean you got me a gift? Oh, dude, it, it almost fucking brought me to tears. You got me a mind. gift? Because I'm, I'm coming from a place where, like, I've always had split holidays. I've always had some sort of bullshit go on. I'll tell you, that's not easy to do. It's really difficult at times to have my ex present with her family. And although I don't have an issue with her family, I get along with them. But having her present is very difficult for me at times. I'm sure. But you put your pride aside, you put your ego aside, and look at who does it benefit. And in my case, it benefits my daughter. And that's what being a man is. Yeah. You put yourself aside mm -hmm. because of the greater good. Yes. Oh, man. I need to promote the fuck out of this podcast because this is going to touch some people. It, I hope it does. That's the whole point of it. But this one, this one in particular, is so, so crucially important. Especially to the world right now. Well, I hope it touches a lot of people, and I hope it influences and helps a lot of people out. And I don't, I don't give a shit about the monetary gain. I don't give a shit. But like I had said previously, 
It is the idea of being able to benefit and influence a newer generation of, of men in particular. So that, that to me is world changing. I don't give a fuck how much fucking money you have. Doesn't fucking matter. At the end of the day, we're all buried six feet under and we all bleed red. Yep. But I've, if, I look, if I look at you and I'm like, hey, have you heard of, have you heard of this dude named Doug? You don't know. Well, let me tell you about it. What comes out of my mouth is extremely important next. Mm-hmm. Your legacy as a man, that's what maketh the man. Your struggle in life and your legacy after death, that is what defines you. I love this comment. What's the comment? You look small, bro. <laughs> Are they talking to you or me? <laughs> it's gotta be you, dude. Because I don't give a shit about that stuff. Oh. After all that. And it's a random user number, just as usual, blah, 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 blah. After all that, y'all gotta come at me like that? <laughs> <coughs> to listen in. We had some trolls in our in our feed, I'm mm-hmm. not gonna lie. I had some trolls earlier. Yeah, how long have you been a couple? Who's the top and bottom? They even dress the same, which we are kind of dressed the same. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Uh, how was the neck tattoo? Uh, what did I miss? The guy without glasses could do better. <laughs> <laughs> I could. I'm just kidding. Are oh, you wait, 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 fuck. I'm uh, the guy without glasses, bitch. Ah. I think you might do better as in like life, not do better as in partner. I fucked up. No. Fuck. No, she thinks we're gay. Uh, are you contemplating the purpose of our existence on Earth? Tattoos and swearing equals low class. No, it's not. The glasses guy is the top. <laughs> uh, uh, they're just, they're going back and forth. They don't engage in heterosexuality. No, we don't. Um, yes, what do. does that matter? Heterosexuality is straight, dude. Oh, yeah, I read that wrong. <laughs> Stupid ass! <laughs> yes, we do engage in heterosexuality. <laughs> this man's engaged and I've been married and I had a daughter. We're, we're not a couple by any means. And I have a son, fucking me! Morals, you swear like a sailor? Yes, you do have a son. Uh, bullshit, I don't swear like a sailor. I swear like a fucking marine, get it right. Don't stoop too low now. You really don't have a lot of ideas. How are y'all doing? Everything of getting the tattoo removed, they're really not classy. This Endora too. Um, I like how people always like, oh, your tattoos aren't classy. No shit, I didn't get them because I thought I was fucking classy. Yeah. When are you guys getting married? Will you both wear tuxes? Who will wear the, or who will throw the bouquet? Me. Yeah, Joel. So you had kids before you became a couple? That's cool. (laughs) This person. Tattoos and beards, so unoriginal. You're a woman, (laughs) you mean your beard. This Endora too. I don't know who she is or what. I mean, look at that picture. Oh, she's that's a drag queen. I'm I'm a, yeah. Either it's a drag queen or someone. Uh, yeah, I don't. Even but know. Here, here's the thing, though. Are you two still dating, Johnny Apples? So, he, if that's really him, that's a creepy looking dude. Oh Jesus fuck! But here's here's the thing, though. Like a serial killer. Y'all wonder why this world is so fucked up. <clears throat> It's because y'all attack masculinity. 
Hello? Yeah. Southern California at a truck stop. We just got a massive thump. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means either. Like, you hit something? Or like, rain? Or... Or is that sexual? I feel like that's sexual. I don't know. It might be. Probably is. I don't know. French toast sounds so good right now. I don't know. Our, vet, our views just went up. Which is weird. Wait, how many viewers we got? Uh, we went from like 2 to 9 out of nowhere. Oh, but, that's uh, really not a lot. I thought you meant it from like... No, we don't have like thousands of people watching us. The most people I think I've ever had on fucking live was like 400. Oh, well, we need to boost those numbers. Well, we also are doing this at like 12. Dude, it's 12.30, I gotta work tomorrow. Alright, let's go. We should probably just cut the live. Alright. Thank you guys so much for listening in. I really hope this podcast reached some people and it makes you laugh, but also really, really makes you think. Like, this episode is really supposed to make a lot of guys really contemplate what the fuck they're actually doing in life. But not only what they're doing, but why. Why are you doing what you're doing? Because a man without purpose is his devil's work.